Welcome to Crossing Broad, special emergency video edition of, I don't even know, whatever the fuck we're calling this. Whatever. Bryce Harper. Happy times. Bryce Harper, signed, happy times. Will sign with the Phillies for 13 years, $330 million at an average annual value of about $25 million per year and change, which is actually low enough to allow them to sign another mega contract in two years and squeeze... Mike Trout. Mike Trout. Yeah, Mike Trout. Under the luxury tax threshold. Uh, are I, you, are you, I don't even want to stand that close I'm to you. I'm like, yeah, are I'm you, pretty excited, dude. 117 days. Do you have restrictive days. pants on oh, right never. now? <laughs> are they, I made sure to wear my tight jeans. 117 days of this. Um, and I'll tell you what, I actually, like, I tweeted it out as soon as it was all over. I'm like, I feel like it's part of me. Like, blogging about Bryce Harper rumors for the last four months. I don't even know what to do with myself right now. No more John Heyman, no more Bob Nightingale. Like, I'm, I feel liberated, but, like, yet scared at the same time. Well, good news. You're going to get to write about him or talk about him for the next 13 years. Until I'm 46 years old. With, so, no, no opt-out, no deferred payment, no trade clause. Doesn't mean you can't get rid of a guy, but more or less, he's here... Forever. Yeah. Forever. My kid is three. He will be here forever. So, like, I can't even think about how old my kid's going to be. When and I would say it's probably, like, an even bet that I even, like, live throughout the remainder of this contract. <laughs> so, I mean, it's Fair enough. over until the, until the grave. Okay. So, there's a lot to unpack here. Uh, let's start with the lineup. There's a lot of different ways this could go. Your projection. Let me just say this real fast. I probably watched... With my own free will, 140, 150 Phillies games last year, I, I, I probably did. That's unfortunate. And it was miserable. And there were so many nights where they wasted big-time pitching performances, especially in the first half of the season. You know, they, they were in first place going into August, and they really had a chance to extend that out, that lead, if they would have just had a competent offense. And when you look at this lineup, it is so far removed from a year ago, and it's so much better than it was a year ago, and it's real reason to be excited. Not only do you have professional hitters in this lineup now, but you're balanced throughout. You have power in the middle with Harper, Hoskins, Real Muto, and then even all the way down to the to the bottom third of the lineup, you're talking about guys like Odubel Herrera that, that have the potential to hit for 60 extra base hits, a guy like Michael Franco, who may frustrate you in the three-hole, but if you hit him eighth, if he's down seven, eighth in this lineup, that's a hell of a hitter to have that low in the order. This is a dynamic lineup, and uh, the Phillies should score runs, and they should score a ton of runs this season. That's the part that I can't get my head around Head around looking at this. So you look at this, you're like, okay, top of the lineup's great, middle of the lineup, predictably great. You get that here, you got veteran, all-star caliber hitter. Now, granted, he's towards the end of his career, and Andrew McCutcheon. Then you had Odubel Herrera, who, what, I mean, it was a season and a half ago we were talking about him being by far the Phillies' best hitter, all-star caliber player, and you got him projected in the seven hole, and you got Michael Franco as, like, the greatest eighth hitter in baseball Yeah, right I mean, now. he still has the potential to And he's 26 hit. years old, by the way. Yeah. Like, he's just coming into his prime. We've seen his upside. We've seen the low points. Chances are he plateaus somewhere on the positive side at the middle of that batting at the bottom of the lineup. We've spent a lot of time talking about Michael Franco and the need to upgrade at third base. He's kind of underwhelmed. But, yeah, you look at the age and you say, this is a guy that's only 26 years old. There's definitely still 30 home run potential out of that bat. Uh, I think that there's still a chance that he can figure it out. He did have points uh, in the middle of last season, second half of last season, where he kind of gave you legitimate reason to believe for prolonged stretches. Mm -hmm. uh, so he did show flashes. I think that with this type of protection in the lineup, not asking him to do everything or be one of the main guys and kind of be an ancillary piece, 
Uh, I think that that's a pretty exciting situation, and I don't think that we're going to really feel like we missed out on Manny Machado, and that could be a, a real cold take two years from now, but I, I do think that when you have this type of lineup with this type of, of potency in the middle of it, and you put a player like this, a guy like Herrera, a guy like Franco down at the bottom of the lineup, that's, that's pretty damn good. Now, the one question, and we've all kind of overlooked this in the early going because it's you know February still, um, and we've just been so f- hyper-focused on Bryce Harper, but uh, Cesar Hernandez, uh, injury concern here at the beginning of camp. Um, Odubel Herrera came into camp in good shape. I know that's a little bit cliche, but he really did work to kind of put himself in a better position this season. He's hurt. There are some concerns here. You know, does Odubel Herrera become Roman Quinn? Uh, I don't know. The Phillies have a, an overload of outfielders. You know, is it possible that a team, and, and I think it's less likely now that he's hurt especially, but could the Phillies move a guy like Nick Williams? Could they move a guy like Odubel Herrera? He has a very team-friendly contract, still a very productive player. There are some dominoes that are going to fall. And they might not happen before April, you know, April 1st or opening day, uh, which I think is the, the 27th. Um, but at the very least, I think as we move on throughout the season, the Phillies have built enough depth that if they stay, if they stay healthy, uh, they can use some of these major league pieces to improve the roster. Well, and that's the beauty of having depth, that if you can sustain injuries, if you come in the camp and Odubel's hurt and you yeah. get another injury elsewhere, they previously would have been screwed. Now you have enough depth to flip these yeah, guys like, for a pitcher, and you could very easily pull a piece out absolutely. here and put somebody as a number two or number three And starter. I'm not a huge Aaron Altera guy. He had a miserable 2018. I don't think he's as bad as he played a year ago, um, but he's a guy that can kind of hold the fort in center field should Herrera be out for an extended period of time, uh, should Roman Quinn, who was also hurt, uh, continue to miss time. But I think that they have enough options and enough depth that this is, no matter what happens here moving through spring training, unless we're talking about something catastrophic, obviously, um, they're, they're going to be in pretty good shape. All right, so let's talk about this. Yeah, obviously you have MVP, elite caliber player in the middle here. But then you got Reese Hoskins. What does this mean for Reese? Harper, Real Muto. I think that if you're Reese Hoskins, you have to be absolutely... A guy who already has pretty good command yeah. of the strike zone. You have to be elated if you're Reese Hoskins. I mean, to and I don't want to. I don't want to just destroy, suh, kid. I don't want to destroy what the 2018 Phillies were. But I mean, let's be honest. It was Reese Hoskins and a lot of parts that were just barely holding on. Mm-hmm. Now you surround him with major league quality hitters, and I mean, to just kind of to protect him between Harper and Real Muto, that's going to be absurd. Yeah, it's not even. I, I mean, I think you're underselling it by selling major league quality. Yeah. I mean, you're talking. These are really. I mean, all-star Harper, hitters. obviously. These are all star hitters, both Harper and Real Muto, um, this this has a chance to just be an absolute nightmare for opposing pitchers. Mm-hmm. And I, again, the balance is a big part of it. And that's sort of the reason why I know that the Dodgers came in at the end and apparently they made a big, uh, you know, big short-term um, high money commitment to Harper. That was what they wanted to do. I never really understood Bryce Harper and the Dodgers lineup. They're already so left-handed heavy. Now, in this lineup, though, they needed this left-handed power bat. I mean, they really, truly needed it. It makes so much sense for the way that they composed their lineup, and I think that that's something to be really excited about. You know, Cesar Hernandez, it came out, he played hurt at the end of last year. He had a bad foot, bad ankle, uh, and it really showed the second half. He fell off a cliff. He was a disaster. You know, presuming that he comes back healthy, he's still a very good top-of-the-order type of hitter. Um, You back him up with Gene Segura, who, you know, two, three seasons ago was a 200-hit guy. These guys can set the table, and if they do, if these guys have the seasons that they're capable of, Jesus Christ. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be fireworks. It's going to look like 2007, 2008 all over again. Well, and I'm going to need the pointer for this. So my favorite part of this here, 
So this is 89 and a half. This is their projected win total in most sports books right now was 86 and a half at the beginning of the day. So Bryce Harper equaled three plus wins, which about makes sense, right? Here's why I think that's being undersold. I'm over on this all day. Look at the, so you, this is kind of considering what they have in their lineup, right? And this, I'm not getting mathematical here. It's considering what they have in their lineup, what they've done before, right? Now start taking guys like Hoskins, who you're surrounding by real, with real hitters, right? Take guys like Franco, who's out of the middle of the order, and he's hitting where he can f- swing freely, right? Now look at this. Do me a favor. Just start reading. 28, 29, 26, 26, 28, 32, 27, 26. And... 27.75. So that's an average age of 27.75. Anyone watching knows that basically every Major League Baseball player peaks at... 29. 29, 30. 29 is the age, right? Now, do me a favor. Read these numbers. 29, 27, 29, 28, 31, 29, 33, 29, 29.37. You want to attach names to these? Uh, Jimmy Rollins, Shane Victorino, Chase Utley, Ryan Howard, Pat Burrell, Jason Wirth, Pedro Feliz, and Carlos Ruiz, right? About a year and a half older, this 2008 Phillies lineup, Okay. I've, for a decade, said to people, you know, you're like, why was this team all of a sudden come out of nowhere? Not come out of nowhere, but I mean, I don't think they were World Series favorites. They had better seasons the next two years and they added some pitching, right? It's because they were smack dab. When the World Series was played, all those guys, they averaged 29 years old, right? You have a lineup now that is just now entering that three to three and a half year window. All these guys, the exception of McCutcheon, who's not terribly old, by the way, at the peak of their career, Two guys in the middle of your order have their three to four best seasons ahead of them, and they're both here for a long time. Yeah, I mean, and that kind of extends into the rotation as well. I mean, you talk about Aaron Nola, uh, Nick Pavetta, who is a guy that I'm really up on. I I love Nick Pavetta going into 2018, inconsistent. Uh, There are times where he gets a little bit too much of the plate on certain pitches, but he has a great slider. I like the curveball, still power arm with the fastball. Um, I'm very high on Nick Pavetta. I like him a lot. Vince Velasquez, extremely frustrating again. But he is a guy that's also in that in that same type of window, in that same range. We're talking about guys that still have a few more years before they theoretically hit their peak. Um, you know, Zach Eflin on the younger side as well. Aaron Nola certainly on the younger side. So this youth but, movement... But Sixto, but Sixto. Yeah, Sixto Sanchez. I don't think anybody's going to be really worried about Sixto Sanchez, at least not right now. And Adonis Medina, by the way, a lot of guys in that organization, they'll, they'll tell you that they're just as high on Adonis Medina as they are on Sixto Sanchez. And you may see him uh, maybe in the second half of this season, probably not until 2020. But there is youth, you know, in terms of the pitching as well. And don't forget about Sir Anthony Dominguez, who, you know, is, is relatively uh, new as well. I mean, I think he's uh, in his early 20s at this point. So the youth extends beyond the lineup. This is a team like you're projecting here is kind of just hitting their stride. I don't even know that 2019 is the, the time to win. No, that was my yeah. point, by the yeah. way. You're about a year and a half away from this average age of 29 with the lineup constructed as it is today. And right? despite so the, you got, you're right. They're not necessarily, this is the World Series odds. They were plus 1,200 to start today. They're plus 1,000 now. That is far from World Series favorites. Plus 192 right now to win the NL East. They are the favorites to win the division. They're not quite World Series favorites yet. Definitely possible contenders, but they're a year. It's next season. It's 2020. It's 2021. They're going to be competing for a World Series. And guess, guess how old they're all going to be? 
Yeah, and I think that well, one thing that you have to really kind of mention with this as well is that they have salary flexibility still. I mean, they went out and spent over $440 million on these free agent additions and then getting rid of Crawford and Santana. Uh, they've completely reshaped this roster, but they still have payroll flexibility. They can still add. Uh, and that's a little bit, of, if I'm a, a contender in the National League, I'm worried about the Phillies, and I'm worried about not only what they are right now, but what they can be moving forward, not just this year, but in the next two to three years And if well. I'm Mike Trout in 2020... <laughs> How old's Mike Trout, by the way? Come like? on home, Mike. How old's Mike Trout? How old is Mike Trout? I don't know. He's, I think he's like 27, 28 years boom. old, right? So he's going to be coming right at his peak as well. You, uh, so You insert him into the lineup yeah, in two I mean, years. I can't then. even. I, I can't do that yet. <laughs> Let me just enjoy what we have here. Let me just enjoy the fact that this guy signed. I'm, I'm not on to Mike Trout yet. I'm I can't there. do. I'm there. I can't just, like, I, I need a, at least a day before I start doing the Mike Trout rumors, all right? Um, the, the only other thing, though, and I, I will say this. The National League... The Dodgers, I still think it's the, the Dodgers' league uh, to lose. I, I still think that they're absolutely stacked. Um, and the National League East is going to be extraordinarily competitive. The Atlanta Braves won 90 games a year ago. They're young. They're very good. Freddie Freeman is one of the best players in baseball, extremely underrated. Ronald Cunha Jr., Ozzie Albies, like they have legitimate young talent. That the Phillies, though we just talked about the youth that they have, they don't have those like next-level prospects in the system, which is part of the reason why you just went out and, and got a guy like Hart or why you traded Sixto Sanchez for JT Realmuto because you didn't have it in your own system. The Braves do, and they have more talent coming, and they also have the arms. The Braves aren't going away. And despite the, the subtraction of Bryce Harper from that Nationals lineup, they're going to be just fine. You know, they have Soto, who, who can mash. He's a That's young still kid. a big net victory, yeah. though, to oh, take no, the best player yeah. away from... No doubt about it, but Soto can still swing it. Rendon's a great player. They go out and they add Patrick Corbin, who the Phillies were obviously interested in. They hosted him early on in the free agency process. That feels like it was five years ago. But the Nationals are going to be good, and the Mets, I mean, I don't know what the hell the Mets are doing, but the Robbie Cano deal uh, they added to the bullpen, they'll be okay. Like, they're not, and, and they always give the Phillies fits, or at least the old Phillies. So, I mean, it's a good division. Um, it's not going to be a cakewalk, but I think the 89-and-a-half number is, is attainable, and I, if I were a betting man and uh, have been known to be from time to time, I would, I would take a shot on the Phillies to win the NL East at plus one, 192. Hell yeah, why not? Yeah. You know what the biggest part of this is? Baseball's back. Yeah. I haven't. I look baseball. Yeah. I grew up. It's my it's my sport, and you probably don't know that because you've known me the last two two and a half years, where the Phils have been completely irrelevant, and you've had the Eagles fill that void and the Sixers fill that void. Right? This is a this is a fun baseball town when this team is good. We experienced it from 20, 2007, even into twenty twelve, yeah. and then it was just straight off a cliff. Oh, We're back. Baseball's back every night this summer. Tom McCarthy, I was watch. <laughs> I watched the spring training. I, I put the spring. They. I watched Greg Murphy go down to Jim Salisbury to break the news during the spring training game, and it was like I'm listening to Tom McCarthy become relevant again. Yeah. He had not been relevant in six years, and you could hear it in his voice that he, Thomas, was co- becoming relevant. The Phillies broadcast becoming relevant, and that billion dollar, two point five billion dollar contract. Super relevant. I was in the car when the story broke, and I posted a story on the website from a Wawa parking lot in South Jersey, and then I proceeded to drive up to Doylestown, and I got, like, the uh, Apple CarPlay thing, mm-hmm. and I'm just looking at my screen, just going boom, 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 boom. 57 text messages from the time I left South Jersey <laughs> up to Doylestown. Uh, people were very, very excited. And, like, you know how you're saying, like, you go back, and, and you look at what it was like in 08, 09. Every night, the game would be on the fifth inning. Somebody would pop a home run. you get the text message, like, boom. And then, like, 
like the last four or five years, it's just me kind of going like, nobody's watching this. Nobody cares. I am, but nobody else cares, you know? The beautiful thing about baseball is the it's the communal aspect. There's not much going on in the summer, right? And unlike uh, certainly an Eagles game, but the, or to a, lar- a smaller extent, a Sixers game, you know, people are watching and they're sitting and you're watching that game and you're engaged. In. Baseball is different. It's every night. It's, you have other things going on during the summer. The beauty of baseball especially around here, is you go down the shore in the summer, you go to a bar, it's on TV. You go back to a house, it's on TV. You go to a restaurant, it's somewhere behind the bar on that tell. It's it's the soundtrack to the evening of summer, and no one has given a shit the last five years. Baseball's back, and you get a real contender. Yeah, my fiancé hated me last summer. One of the most exciting baseball players on the planet. Like one of the, maybe one of only three guys, two guys, who's actually marketable. In baseball, I mean, if you wanted to, you know, compare him to Trout. I yeah. mean, as much as I love, you know, Trout, he's been knocked for his marketing. I mean, this is the the guy. Yeah, this is the LeBron of baseball, right? Yeah, now. there's a sex appeal to it. I yep. mean, and there's a trickle down fact to that, uh, or a factor to that. You know, Reese Hoskins, great player, isn't really a household name across Major League Baseball. He's going to become infinitely more interesting now. Uh, guys like JT Realmuto, one of the, probably arguably the best catcher in Major League Baseball, but he played for the Marlins. You know, <laughs> it's easy to overlook him. Andrew McCutcheon, great personality, a lot of fun, was great in Pittsburgh. Yep. Uh, you know, people loved him in that city beyond what he just did on the baseball field. He's a personality. Even a guy like Odubel Herrera, who catches a ton of shit in his city. personality. I'm telling you, huge personality. All of a sudden, if this is a 90 win team, he becomes productive again, hits 280, has his 50, 60 extra base hits. People are going to like him. If you get Herrera, you get him eventually hitting somewhere in here and you have Triple H. Ooh, that could be fun. Yeah. T-shirt. That's all I got. Yeah. All right. We done. Stupid money. Stupid money has been spent. By the way, let's talk about John Middleton. Not that stupid. $25 million per year? To lock him up without an opt-out. Now, he gets the no trade, but I mean, you know, that's kind of assumed, I would, I would think, right? But you get him at a lower average annual value. You don't get the opt-out. You don't get the, you don't get the 400 million. You don't get the 370s, right? I said all along, I think what Boris has been trying to do the last two to three weeks is he knew the Phillies were their only realistic offer, and he was pulling at every string and every strand to get some level of leverage over the Phillies. And Middleton and the Phillies knew that they were the only real offer and they didn't have to flinch. And that's why we've been in this stalemate and that's why Bryce Harper didn't like Philly and that's why he was going to the Giants and that's why the Dodgers came in. Maybe you had another $300 million deal on the table. I bet you that offer was only in service to get Middleton to finally budge off what I'm guessing was 300 all along. That's a better deal than anybody expected, and I'm willing to bet Middleton held firm until the Dodgers came in and Boris was able to get himself a little bit of leverage back. And by the way, more money, more years, lower average annual value. That's not a terrible deal. Yeah, I expected this to be somewhere in the 35 per range. I really did. That's kind of what I had anticipated. Now, to be at 25, I think that that's fairly reasonable. Uh, Boris basically said today we had offers that were 45 a year on a shorter-term basis that Bryce Harper wanted to know for the duration of his career that he could be in one city. That was the the big factor for Bryce Harper, apparently. You know, all this talk about how he didn't like Philly, I mean, that turned out to be complete bullshit because you don't take a 13-year deal with no opt-out if you didn't want to play here. So I saw some a-hole, well, some radio a-hole who already has trashed Bryce Harper before it even decided that he was or was not coming here. But... 
you had someone say, well, how do you know he actually wants, someone tweeted, Bryce definitely wants to be here. And someone said, well, how do you know that? You don't know. 13 years with no opt-out. Yeah. He is maybe one of the two or three defining baseball players of a generation, right? And he just decided to spend the majority of his career, including the all of the prime, in Philadelphia. You are not not sold on a place yeah. to agree to that deal. So any doubt that he wanted to be here, you can't buy. If I said to you at age, if you had, you were 26 years old and had your entire future of the thing you were built to do since the day you came out of the womb, right? And I said to you, you got to spend the next 13 years somewhere, you'd be, there's not enough money you could pay someone to sign up for that unless they actually want to be there. And I will say, I think that this is partly a legacy move. I, I really do. I think that this was a legacy decision. He has a chance to put up Hall of Fame numbers in this stadium. He's had great success at Citizens yep. Bank Park throughout his career. It's a very left-handed, hitter-friendly park. San Francisco certainly is not. Um, you know, and again, Dodgers might have been a three-year deal, four-year deal. There's LA. He knows that there's a stadiums. chance that he can come here. He, he's in a city which people will idolize him. They have a chance to turn this guy into a god. He can hit 40 home runs a year here, possibly. This is the type of deal that I think, I think it's much more likely that he ends up, and I know I'm going to sound like a homer, but I'll, I'll say this because I truly believe it. I think that this move, him signing here, gave him the best chance to become a Hall of Fame baseball player. And I think that that's the trajectory he's been on. His numbers thus far, though he's been somewhat inconsistent at times, I think that that's where he's heading. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a good park, and it's a big money ball club. Like, I, I know we could sound like homers. It's not New York, it's not Boston, but in terms of what we can spend, what the Phillies can spend, they're right there with it, yep. and you have a major East Coast market, unlike Washington, that can turn him among a region into a household name, yep. and as much of a household name as you could be in Major League Baseball without playing for the Yankees or Red Sox. Philly, Philly is probably every bit as good of a bet as the Dodgers. I saw someone refer to the Dodgers as the big stage. You know, those are games that for the vast majority of the population are played at 1030 at night. So I get that L.A. is the sexy town, but in terms of the environment at the ballpark and the actual market, like look at Mike Trout. He plays in Los Angeles. Granted, it's not the Dodgers. No one, no one back east ever sees him. Yeah. You see him like three nights a year. I mean, overall, good career move. Phils are back in town.